0: Damn it, it feels good to be back here at the High Button Podcast. I want to thank you, the fans, for an amazing 2018 year. Uh, Starting this thing called the High Button has been one of the most challenging things I have ever faced in my entire life. And I can't thank you enough, the fans, for listening, for watching, for commenting, for doing what you do in order to make the High Button grow. Uh, It's been one of the most stressful times of my life trying to start a business, Um, not having a full time job, just focusing. All on the high button, financial stress comes into play, you lose sleep, Um, anxiety kicks in, but I would not trade it for the world due to the fact that I hear from you, the fans, and you you give us such good, positive feedback, and that feeling, you cannot buy that feeling, I'm addicted to that feeling, I'm going to keep striving for that feeling as the high button grows and the only way the high button grows is because of you, the fans. So I want to thank you once again for a great 2018. More success will come our way with the future 2019. We have a lot of great ideas, a lot of plans set in place in order to entertain you, the fans. We are just getting started. And like I said, this goes absolutely nowhere without you, the fans. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I cannot thank you enough. Um, as much as you know the fans will they'll message us on Facebook on Instagram they'll, they'll they'll get my number and tell me what they like about the uh, the high button i i want to be able to see the fans so we're going to be trying to get together uh you know, a get together, we'll we'll get an event going at a bar somewhere downtown, it's in the works, Um, and just have a high button event, really, probably get some beer companies on board in order to get some sponsorship going, but I I just think it's time that the high button community comes out and, you know, gets to know one another, it's growing day by day, and yeah, I just think that would be a really cool thing to to kick off 2019, so that's just in my head, Um, nothing is planned or set in stone yet, but I think we're all due. It's a a growing community, and I think we could have a great party, great time, great drinks, great food, great people, high button. So once again, thank you for a great 2018. And actually, if you could do me a favor right now, go to our iTunes page and give us a rating uh, or comment on the iTunes podcast app. We're trying to get our ratings up and our comments up on that platform. So if you could do that for me really quickly. And once again, thank you very much. So let's get to today's guest, Aaron Hoyles. Aaron played for the Armada in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Before that, he played for the Dartmouth Subways, and currently he plays for the St. FX University Xaviers. Oh, yeah, also, sorry, played for the Shearbrook Phoenix in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Guy's an absolute stud, probably a fan favorite on the high button. Uh, As soon as I announced actually earlier today, a lot of people were messaging, commenting on the photo, looking forward to this podcast. So it's going to be a good one. Aaron, Justin, third person, high button. Here we go. You know what comes next. Aaron, give me a test, 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 test. Yeah, we're going. All right. Welcome, man. How are you doing? Good. How are you? The drive was good?
1: Yeah, no, it was uh, good. I'm excited to be here for sure. I got got a lot to say. Yeah, (laughs) I got a lot to ask. I love
0: it. You're a highly anticipated guest. Like I said during the intro, you'll hear it when I post it. But as soon as I posted the picture... People are like, this is gonna be the best episode yet? I don't
1: like <laughs> Yeah, I don't know where you got that picture from. Well, Obviously, like I, I know what it's from. Obviously, the the moment and stuff that happened, but I haven't seen it surf it's for a while.
0: I just typed in your name on Google oh, and it really? was like the fourth picture, but there was like a little ad yeah. right where your like pants were. So I had to put that white part and put your name underneath
1: it to kinda Okay. Yeah, no no free ads here. No, free, this, ads like, no here. free ads here. Well, I didn't know all. who the hell it was. It was some <laughs> company in I, Quebec. Yeah, it's probably a guy. There was a guy that when i played in blaineville he'd take pictures of all the games yeah and for some like when i played in blaineville i like had to fight a little bit and so i'd be like all pumped up to look at these pictures of me like playing hockey and my parents would be like pumped to finally have nice pictures to like put on the wall yeah and the guy would just like wait every game until i fought to take <laughs> pictures so we had like no pictures of me playing hockey just me getting beat up you did know? you ever talk to the guy like off the ice no like no. i was i couldn't be like hey buddy wait until i'm actually playing this time you know what i mean or maybe i should have but uh yeah no. Oh sorry, good memories. All right, man, it's the new year. You got any New Year's resolutions? Uh yeah, this year I actually am going to try to learn uh, French. So no I didn't pick it up very well when I was away. So I think that would be a good one to uh, to learn and uh, probably cut back on the pop too i think i'm a big pepsi guy so man pepsi's so good yeah <laughs> it's so good it's so hard to cut sugar yeah out. i know it's like even like after we get bagged up at school like i'll like go to the grocery store before and get like a little pepsi to put in my stall after the bag skate you're one of like those that. guys eh? yeah, yeah.
0: well some of the guys in the nhl drink it on the bench yeah Are you that guy
1: honestly no but we have one guy that has done it one time and it didn't work out too well for us why so would happen? i think we just got shit pumped by uh by whatever team we were playing. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Man, you're still living the dream. Like you're still playing hockey in the AUS for Saint Evax, a very strategic. Uh, what's the
1: word I'm looking for? Strategic. Yeah, strategic like school. A, yeah, like a very reputable, very rep- very reputable program. You guys have
0: a great reputation.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like there's, they've had a lot of great teams there before. And the time that I've been down there for the three years, like I've been lucky enough to be, or the four years now, sorry, I've been lucky enough to be part of some great teams. So, like, we've been to the Nationals every year. I've been there. We got to two finals once. So, yeah, we could never get her done. But hopefully, this year will be the year that we try to lock that down and kind of finish it off on the right foot.
0: Well, not even at St. of X, man. I just feel your whole career, you've been very lucky with the teams that you've been on, the organizations that you've been with. I remember being in junior A, you playing Subways at the time and watching you for the first time. You're very calm, collected. You don't really... You don't make mistakes by people pressuring you. I just I, The thing I admired about you when, when I saw you play in Major Midget for the first time was that you are just so calm. Where do you think that came from? Yeah. Just being confident with the puck at such a young age? Because most people can't
1: do yeah, that. F- for me, I think it would kind of start when I played in Newfoundland. I was lucky enough. My dad played the game a little bit as well. He played in the okay. Newfoundland Senior Leagues when it was pretty good hockey. So I had someone that had a good hockey IQ to kind of – teach me to not always throw away the puck when you get it as defenseman because like a lot of kids do that like when they're a young kid they just have a coach that tells them to put it off the boards and my dad was like dude I'd rather you rag the puck for 30 seconds in our zone than just throw it away like yeah. especially playing peewee or bantam hockey like who cares if you put it in the back of your net like yeah you just got to learn how to kind of play the game and that just went to the next level when i came up and played midget i was lucky enough to have pete thomas here uh, yeah. in dartmouth as my coach who was another guy hockey iq played a little bit so I, i've always had really really good coaching everywhere i went yeah like in Blaineville, i had joel bouchard who's might be arguably the best defensive coach ever wow like in, what the, a in the queue he played however many years in the nhl he's the coach laval right now the ahl yeah. so Pretty shitty guy. Pretty pretty great, <laughs> great hockey coach is, yeah. is what I'd say. And then like in Sherbrooke, I had a good coach there as well. But down at X, we have a good coaching staff too. Brad Peddle uh, okay. played at X for four years, played pro after was a defenseman. Yeah. So he always has little things. So I guess for me, like the the thing I've done so well is every year I've just kept trying to get better and picking up on little things. And for a guy that's not as overly skilled as a lot of guys are at this level i've been able to stay and kind of stay relevant in our lineup and uh yeah. have some success so it's been a good uh, good ride i'm gonna add to that saying that you know you're built like a fucking
0: fridge like when yeah. you shook my hand out there you almost ripped it off you're <laughs> solid where yeah. did, did that did lifting weights and things like that come to you naturally at a young age or I, i'm trying to picture yeah. what your dad looks like is he a big yeah, guy my dad's
1: too? like a big heavy set guy he's yeah. a little bit taller than me and Obviously he's not uh not rocking the six pack or anything like that <laughs> unless it's from the L C but uh yeah, no he uh yeah, he's a big dude and that kinda came too. Like I said, like good coaching, like I trained with JP McCallum. JP? Yeah, he's up at Newbridge now and is he? Yeah, and like he had guys like Brad Marchant, Andrew Bondarchuk, uh couple, like just some good pro players and Did really, you train with those guys? Uh they were the group before us. So my group, we had a sweet group, it was like Me, Michael Kirkpatrick, Stephen McCauley, and uh, Cam Lee, who's playing down at NCAA. And, like, those guys, when we were in the gym together, it was competitive. And JP knows what he's doing, too. So, like, I started working out with him when I was 17, and then I stopped when I was 21. So, like, the foundation was kind of built for for me, like, being the size I am, and especially the type of player I am, too, like a strong guy down low. Uh, JP did a great job of getting me ready every year for uh, whatever was to come during the season. That's sick. Yeah, it was good. I noticed that you said about your coach in Blaineville. You said he was a
0: bad guy, great coach. Yeah. Do you think that is a, a perfect example of a coach that you want? I Sometimes when I talk to the hockey guys and they go, oh, my coach is a beauty, I automatically think, eh, you don't want to say your coach is a beauty because you kind of want a coach to be on you. Like, yeah. You kind of want a coach to give you a kick in the ass every
1: now and yeah, then. Yeah, for sure. When I say like he's a bad guy, obviously no, but, there's way yeah. more to it because there was gr- things that he did for me too that were great as well. Like, of course. A guy taught me so many lessons through – him being hard on me in a certain way or like guys sometimes found he wasn't fair but I gotta say I respect like I respect him a lot too yeah. so I think that's what you really want in a coach is he was a guy that I didn't like personally and we butted heads but at the end of the day I respected him like there was times where we'd get blown out and you we just would have a bad game but instead of coming in and ragging on guys and like shitting on the team he'd come in and take responsibility for it himself yeah and like that's something throughout hockey i haven't had a lot a coach that's willing to take full responsibility to like take pressure off the team when he knows that that needs to happen for the team to have success in the next game or the next week mm-hmm. so he was great at that and obviously he's moved up the ranks a little bit he's the the head coach of Laval, Montreal's farm team oh, yeah. now. So, uh, yeah, he'll be uh, he'll be coaching the NHL pretty soon, I would say. That's sick. And that's the yeah.
0: difference right there. A guy that's able to blame himself knowing yeah. that he messed up.
1: Yeah, and it was good, too. Like, like, a lot of guys, like, you know, in practice, you'll split forwards and D. Yeah. He would take us down and do, like, littlest things that I would never have guessed to do, like... We'd practice, like, how you should slide on a two-on-one and and things like that. Like, just little defensive plays that uh, made a huge difference in my game that I still use today. Really? Yeah, that I find, like... Not that, like... It's not like other guys aren't as good as playing defensive position and, and different situations, but I definitely have, like different ways that looking at some plays and some of the guys that played in other areas played for sure.
0: That's cool. Yeah. In order to get that guidance at such a young age, the fact that you're playing in the AUS, some guys didn't get the guidance that you got going in the queue. Some guys, yeah. as you and I both know, the queue is, it's a machine, it's a product you got to do, you got to deliver. Yeah. And if you're able to pick up little things, like you said, you just picked up, mm-hmm. you can have a long career.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Know? And like for, for what I said, like kind of the way I guess at the start, like for me going to midget, into the Quebec league, like I was more of an offensive defenseman in, in midget and kind of thought that was going to be my role too, once I got into the queue. Yeah. So, but when I got there, like I ended up making the team as a 16 year old when I was in Montreal, Verdun. And after a couple of weeks, I was kind of like, oh man, like I kind of miss home. And I think part of it too, was I had just moved from Halifax to Newfoundland to play hockey and i finally like i when i showed up I was this kid that had this like heavy accent no one could understand me i had to like repeat myself three times to get like my point across but i had like finally just like made friends and kind of like had a little bit of a social life and like things were going pretty good so like i was like fuck like i don't want to move again like i like my buddies like sonye and like all those boys were here right and like they're still my best friends today so obviously it worked out but i was like that year i came back and played midget a second year probably really stunted my development at, yeah. into becoming a better player so when i got up there at 17 like i just didn't get off to a great start like i didn't play well and i think like the coaches lost a little bit of confidence in me then and then it in turn i lost confidence in myself so like when i was up there i was like in that lineup and I, like stuff wasn't going the way that it usually would for me in midget yeah. and so the thing was like okay like My parents, like, kind of gave up everything for me to move here. Like, this is kind of what I've been going for. Like, I have to find a way to play in the queue. So I was like, okay, you have to change your game and, like, find a way to get in the lineup every night. So that, like, for me, I just focused on being as good as I could defensively. And that's kind of where my game has evolved and, like – I mean, I played three years of university hockey. I don't have a goal. Like, I'm not, I'm not very good. You don't have a goal? <laughs> not a goal. No, yeah, not a goal. But like, you just fuck. own it, though. I, I love hope. It. I, oh well, I don't care. But like, I hope I stop a bunch. But who knows if that's uh, to be seen? You'd have to ask my coach too. You might have a different, uh, different view.
0: You have any uh, funny training camp stories going into the queue? You Got any good billets? <sighs> oh man, I feel like, like there's always good billet stories. Yeah.
1: So I have like. I have so many build stories, obviously, and like I don't care, I'll tell them all. Like (laughs) so the first family I lived with in Blaineville was they lived in an area called Fontainebleau. It's a 10-kilometer loop with a PGA golf course in the middle. You golf? No, not at all. (laughs) And my next door neighbor across the street, it was his house. He's the commissioner of Formula One Racing in Europe. This is Canadian house. And my neighbor on the left. Just got out of jail for, like, the last 15 years. He was a huge Coke dealer or something like that. No. And so, like, that was the type of people, lived, like, just the most money you could ever have. And you're just right in the middle of right it. Right in the middle of it. And it was sweet. Like, a bunch of the guys lived on this loop. And, like, so we were always hanging out, like, doing shit. Like, my billet house was, like, a mansion or whatever. And it was funny. Like, they had all this stuff. But for some reason, they, like, couldn't get the food thing figured out. What do you mean? So, like, there would be no food or we'd be eating, like, pizza pockets and stuff like that. So, like, they weren't a great billet. Like, they were nice people, but, like, they were just so French, and they didn't really get to know me. What and did they do for a living? I, she didn't work. This guy owned a company that was a search engine but got bought out by the U.S. military. Jesus. So, like, he, he was pretty flush. <laughs> and, yeah, real flush. And so after the first year, like, I lost a bunch of weight. When I came back, my mom was like, yeah, no way you're going back there. Like, let's get another billet. So I moved out with a family that I had for two years, uh, the Doucettes and the Bergerons. Uh, they were a little bit farther away from rink, but the nicest people in the world, like such a good experience. I'm still so close to them today. Like we, we I called her like two days ago for the new year or whatever. We talked on the phone for a bit. So I got lucky. Like they had a son that was, one that was my age at the time. So I got there when I was 17 and one that was two years younger than me. And so, like their billet kids or yeah. their their kids were. And so that was sweet because instead of like hanging out with a lot of my teammates, because I was the only English guy on my team then too up there. Yeah. I'd like kick it home to hang out with these two kids. Yeah. And me and the youngest one, like, we'd, we'd get into so much trouble. You like, were buying beer. Oh yeah. <laughs> and like but like I was living like farther away from everyone else. Yeah. So like like they didn't really know what I was up to at night. So like him and I would like go up to like a community just up the road. Like they'd have a bunch of nightclubs. We'd go out all night when like Obviously, I'd have to be home for curfew. They'd, like, call for curfew. My bill mom would just lie. I'd be, like, out with her son's party and no. stuff like that. So it was, like, a sweet setup, like, for that. Like, the reason they got an English player or asked for an English player was they were, like, okay, I want my, like, sons to to learn English. Yeah. And when I showed up, they didn't know any, uh, any English at all. But by the end of it, they were, like, completely bilingual. No way. So it was, like, yeah, good setup. And then when I went and played my 20-year in Sherbrooke, I was, like, out of house for the first half of the year and just, like, wasn't working out.
0: You ever go up to Bishops and Party? I heard that's I lived cool. on Okay,
1: so I lived on Bishop's campus and that's kinda why it wasn't working out. So they were like, all right, like Did other
0: players live on Bishop's campus too, or just Just you?
1: me and my roommate who wasn't playing at the time. So you're the only guy on the team yeah, living so on Bishop's campus. I was like twenty, knew I was going to school next year, and wasn't making many curfew calls. And my roommate that was twenty, Trevor Stacy, for like the people that played in the queue would probably know stories of him. Like he's wise beyond his years, you know. So we were like running and gunning pretty hard. And then after christmas i got moved into the goalie coach's house for a billet that's no good it was awesome was it yeah so my goalie my my billet dad the goalie coach yeah he's a in the ahl hall of fame he just got inducted what's his name uh jf Labay. like good goalie played for columbus for a little bit like had a son that was six year old like two twin daughters that were like nine so like they loved me obviously and like if people that know me like i like like coming home and hanging out with the kids and like doing that thing so that was great uh, his wife, Kathy, treated me like gold, and, like, they, they let me do my thing. Like, they awesome. didn't care if I'd miss curfew or they knew what was going on, so. Dude, it seems like you got a pretty good
0: setup with the billets. Like, yeah. most guys I talk to, it's not the ideal situation. It yeah. seems like you lucked out.
1: Yeah, and a little bit of it, too, is probably, like, it's like anyone, like your parents, right? Like, you probably did enough shit that, like, some stuff doesn't get as bad anymore. You, like, break yeah. them in, you know? And I think my billets in Blaineville, especially, like, uh the Bergeron's and, and Menardou name. they were very like patient with me and yeah. just like wanted me to be happy and it's kind of funny like so I lived there from in Montreal from 16 to 20 basically they're pretty big years in your life like development so like yeah. the characteristics <laughs> that I have as a person I'll have like some like traits from my dad some traits from my mom and then like some from my billet parents too so it's like this kind of weird mix and but uh yeah no it worked out great and I had some great relationships along the way with those people it's sick to be close to a city like Montreal
0: everywhere you played in Armana and in Shearbrook I know Armana it's only like a 20 minutes 20 minute drive from Montreal I don't know how far Shearbrook yeah was like an
1: hour so like if I wanted to go in it was nothing nothing yeah no it was sweet like Montreal is my favorite place in the world did you ever
0: think about playing uh, hockey up there for school like not go to X I go to Concordia or McGill or anything like that honestly
1: it was kind of funny X was like the first place I talked to the first the first place to offer me like any sort of scholarship and I was like you know what man like who knows what's going to happen here in Sherbrooke like you better take the first one you get so yeah that's fair yeah and it like worked out great like anyone that knows me is I'm a huge advocate for Saint of X obviously like anyone is but uh just definitely down there, the way I've grown as a person and uh, some of the people that I've met and have come into my life are people that I wouldn't imagine myself being friends with five years ago. Yeah, You know what I mean? So I definitely made a point too down there to try to make as many friends as I could outside of hockey. And I think that's been really, really helpful. That's half of the there. man is networking. Yeah.
0: I say to guys that go to school, like, who do I have on here that's going to Harvard? William... Um- get his last name Devoe or something like that anyways going to Harvard half the point of going to Harvard is the networking opportunity half the yeah. point of going to school don't get me wrong you got to get good grades you got to do what you got to do but half of it's networking just meeting the people you meet along the way oh incredible opportunity yeah, for, as soon as you're done hockey. yeah
1: for sure but like even besides the networking stuff like I got lucky enough to make some friends with people that like thought critically and kind of changed the way I thought about things and helped me grow as a person. And it's definitely, I can see it now the way I treat people now compared to even two years ago before I knew these people. Well, is a lot better and, and something that's helped me grow as a person. So I'm really thankful for, for my opportunity at X to to let that happen. So well said,
0: um, I remember going to my first Quebec major junior hockey league training camp. It was a huge difference from a midget training camp to a junior training camp. They treat you nicer. the The equipment's nicer. The gitch is nicer. Everything's nicer. Everything's not pro, but it's almost there. Do you have, do you have any uh, training camp stories going to Armada for the first time? You know, meeting with the guys, meeting with the trainers, anything like that? Trying to fit in with some French guys, anything like that? Yeah,
1: my like my 16 year old year. I was still 15. I'm a late birthday in November. Yeah, so I was up there at 15, and it was in Verdun. It was still the Montreal Juniors, and it did. It wasn't sold to Blainville yet. Verdun?
0: Do they have the maroon jerseys? Yeah,
1: yeah. and they were supposed to be really good that year because they were taking a run. So they Louis LeBlanc was on the team. Exactly, Louis LeBlanc, uh, Trevor Parks, Xavier Wallet. Yeah, 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 yeah. A Roussel guy that was good. They had they were like studs, and but like it was all these guys were like. Nineteen, twenty, like signed deals. So like they were on their way out. They didn't care. Like they they weren't making curfew, but like they were having fun. Yeah. And they liked me too because I was like fifteen. I was fighting everyone, like and asking everyone to fight. And they I think they respected that part of it, just that they could see how bad I wanted to wanted to play there, or how how committed I was to just finding a way onto the team at that point that they definitely treat me with a lot of respect and they weren't too hard on me. So it was, yeah. uh, it was pretty good.
0: Did Clarky go up with you that year? Yeah, he,
1: he made the team that year too. Yeah. So yeah, it was him and I were just, uh, Mike Clark, him and I were just the two from Atlanta, Canada up there. And you guys are on the same team now. Uh, no, he's... that's a different Michael Clark. Yeah. I think he, Who am I thinking of? my other Michael Clark played down at Acadia. Yeah. That's one. Yeah. Thing he's a kid from the North end. Yeah. Yeah okay yeah so this other michael clark actually that i played with down at x for three years he's pretty good he's playing in the del yeah yeah german passport and cool pretty good setup so
0: do you ever get frustrated that there's no fighting in the aus
1: no because even after my 20 year i was just like you know what like i'm done with this that's fake like, and now especially since i've been down at school like academics has become so important and like, now it's kind of funny. It's, like, at the point where people are, like, oh, like, would you be interested in playing pro next year? And kind are of, you? Uh, no. No? <laughs> Not at all. Man, there's no way I'm making 500 bucks a week riding buses and fighting guys. <laughs> Zero chance. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, like, for me, another thing is, too, like, you just have to love hockey so much to play pro at any level. And, like, the commitment and, like, the working out and just like i don't have that for hockey anymore like and that's just the way it is and i'm not gonna sit here and be like oh yeah i could play in the coast when like that's not the reality you know like you have to be committed to play and i just think i would rather try to get my career going and that's fair yeah then then be bumming it around the coast but like good for those guys that are doing it because yeah. i mean good on you but not my cup of tea
0: that's fair at least you know that now so you don't go all the way you're somewhere in germany and you're like yeah what am i doing i, I mean here? like
1: if the right opportunity in europe came up i'd probably go do it yeah but like honestly like like i said like the coast thing is just not not in the plans for me all right yeah
0: um i ask every guest that comes on here that plays uh, in the queue you're that's from halifax or that lived in halifax Your first game at the metro center obviously it's a special one do yeah. you remember it what hat? what went down
1: yeah no i th- probably didn't play very good because I, I was like I think it was like one of the first weeks when I got up there at 17 I was kind of playing the shits but it was cool like playing in front of your buddies uh my 18 year I fought at center ice here like Sick. yeah I fought uh Stephon Fournier their captain right yeah. he was 20 I was 18 yeah uh center ice all my buddies were loving it so I yeah. was feeling pretty good uh but no it was special like just seeing your family after and playing in Halifax was like an amazing experience like they were all they always had good year good team so I think they had McKinnon my 18 year, then my 19 they had Drouin yeah. and we had a good team too. So like it was like one we had circled on our calendars for sure. So there was a good crowd and same as when they came up to Blaineville too.
0: Do you remember what it was like defending McKinnon and Drouin, like the difficulty? Of yeah, I mean, two? I was
1: sitting in the middle of the bench when those guys were <laughs> on, so I didn't have many shifts against them. You didn't but, have any? Uh,
0: you must have had one shift. No. One oh, mismatch. yeah, probably
1: like when I was like ice the puck or something, but <laughs> I don't know. I remember playing a little bit against Drouin. As I got older, too, I was kind of matched up with him a little bit more. Yeah. And Obviously, those guys are, that's why they're in the NHL, right? They yeah. got the God's gift, yeah. and uh, that's why I'm shooting it down at, a, at X, uh, you, hanging out. <laughs> hey, you know what
0: I always say? Even Wayne Gretzky is gonna play a beer league hockey game. Yeah. yeah, they all we all end up in
1: beer leagues. Yeah. so don't worry about it. It's all right. Yeah. Um, are you a chirper? No, you're not a chirper. No, I don't know what to say. Like guys yeah, give either. it to me too, just the way I play, and I have nothing to come back with. I just feel like whatever, you know. I usually just give them the hey, get away from me. Like the little shoe at your hand. Well, it's tough in the in the AUS when you can't fight. It's like you're gonna chirp. It's like,
0: well, I can't do anything about it. Yeah, I mean, right. well, that was yeah. that Good was kind you. of
1: the thing when I played in the Quebec League. Like no one would chirp me because they knew I would would be yeah. willing to fight them. Right, but like here in the AUS, it's that's kind of the rep the league gets too. Is like it's a lot of guys that are willing yeah. to talk a lot. But that's alright. It's part of it, you know. Like yeah. Get an edge you any way you can, I guess. Whatever. Where are Nationals this year? Uh, Leftbridge, Alberta. Yeah, so that would be a big trip. (laughs) You guys got a shot at
0: it this year? I know UMB is always a power. Yeah, UMB
1: is really good. Us and SMU are kind of back and forth between uh, that second place. But, like, our league's crazy good this year. Like, Moncton can play. UPI can play. Like, everyone up and down. It's kind of weird. Like, Acadia is the only team that's kind of been having an off year. But we've had good games against them, too. So, obviously – where they are in the standings doesn't really give a fair picture of how skilled or how good their team is. Yeah. And Dal can play too. They work so hard. Really? So yeah, they're, they're a good team too. Like they're in last, but you know, every night you go into those rinks, like we play them up at the forum here tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. It's going to be a good game. You're like, pumped, eh? To like play come, it,
0: Coming home, like to play hockey. It's-
1: oh yeah. It's sweet. And it's, it's like cool because like, this is probably my last year hockey and it's been like such a big thing for me. So like when I, went to x from the queue my dad moved from gander to Moncton to be closer to okay, me yeah uh so he could just come see the games and like if anything if there was ever a problem wrong like i could just jump in the car and go to Moncton. you know what i mean and it's been great for my dad and i who who have a very special relationship but so he would always come down for the x games but he would never stay because i'd be like going out with the boys after or something like that yeah and so this year, like, my dad was like, you know what? Like, fuck it. Every game I'm staying down, we're going out after. So every home game he comes down, and he stays down, sleeps on my couch. Him and I go to this, like, bar that we always go to in, in X called the Townhouse, which is an ad right there, but you got to let it in. It's a good spot. All right. But, yeah, him and I will go down. We'll just, like, have 10 or 15 beers each and make our way back home, and it's been great. So, and when I come home, too, like, my, my boys, like, Billy Hartley will be in the stands watching me every game. Billy. Or, yeah, I'll have, like four or five of my buddies thereafter, which is pretty special you know like you said like still 24 years old playing hockey that matters and yeah, yeah it's cool for sure absolutely and games like this where you're
0: playing in halifax and how many more times are you coming into the city to play do you i play- don't
1: know off the top of my head but you know i'll probably play here five or six more times including the playoffs so yeah yeah there's definitely it's there's definitely a couple games left here but uh they're winding down pretty fast so yeah yeah we'll see you, like about next year too like i'm still like Kind of looking into some options for school, so for like some grad school options. So I don't know. I don't think any will be out east. Yeah, it'll be one of those big Ontario schools. But uh, you're allowed five years, right? Yeah, and I've only played four, so I I might as well. You know, Like yeah. Why not? For like for me, like I had to drop out of high school in grade ten. It'd be cool for like a kid from that, like to go to the Queens or McGill or Western, right? So hockey
0: can take you places.
1: Yeah, I mean, hopefully not as far as it could down at X (laughs) up there, but uh, but no, it's still going. Sick. Yeah. Talk
0: about your dad and you guys. You said you have a special relationship.
1: Yes. Or how, how how does that how does that form? Obviously, he's your father, so you have one already. But yeah.
0: special relationship.
1: Yeah, for sure. So it's pretty cool. So I'd have to like go back to when I was like kind of growing up in Newfoundland. Was we lived in Gander, Newfoundland, small small community in the middle of the island. Uh, not much around for hockey, but my dad was the guy that was always willing to like make the backyard rink for me and uh and he was always my coach going up through but like he was like intense like hockey dad but his thing was like he just wanted me to work hard and so that's kind of all i was trying to do so like when i was growing up i was always in the gym or like always shooting pucks in the backyard or in our basement or working out in our basement like we had weights and stuff down there for me so it was pretty like go 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 all the time and then i think like for example like when I was a kid growing up, we used to drive into St. John's every day from Ga- or every Sunday from Gander's. How like far is f- that drive? Four hours each way for a practice, right? And like my dad was like happy to do it as long as I, I was going to go out there and work hard. And so the days that I didn't work hard, he gave it to On you. The, f- the four hours is a long way back with your old man just pissed that he went eight hours out of his Sunday for you. So I think the year before I moved up, I was playing on something like we counted, I was like seven or nine different teams. Like you can imagine like the travel, right? Like insane, like on a weekend or like, so I was like kind of always on the ice. So we spent like a lot of time in the car and just like, but it was always around hockey. But then when I moved up here, my mom came with me
0: and your dad stayed in Gander. And my dad
1: stayed in Gander for his job. And so then I didn't see him. I seen him like two or three times a year, maybe like whenever it would was good. So then me and my mom got to get to know each other close too. So My parents are divorced, but I'd say to a lot of people, like, I don't know someone that has as good as a relationship with both of their parents as I do. We just don't have, like, a family concept, if that would make any sense. I know. Which is, like, too bad, too, because, like, especially, like, holidays and, like, stuff like that, it's, like, not the same. But, like, it's nothing for me to, like, pick up the phone and call my dad for two hours just to talk. And so, like, when when he came down for, like, we had our X-ring on December 3rd like he came down, it was like me and my dad, it was just like, basically like me and my, it felt like I was hanging out with Billy Hartley getting after it. Like (laughs) it's like the best way to describe it, but uh, it's cool. Like, like I think I can ask my dad a lot of things that not a lot of kids can talk about. So like it's for him and I like, we'll sit down and I'll ask him like, Oh, can you tell me about like mistakes you made or like, where do you think you went wrong or like, and just like really, really honest conversation. And like, and I think that's, something that doesn't happen between everyone and their parents. And that's too bad too, because like, it's definitely helped me through a lot of mistakes I've been making. And it's like just having someone's advice that has gone through it and of similar background that he can really help. So it's been good. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. It's great. I love those. I love that you said, oh, well, it
0: sucks that it was four-hour drive, but I feel like those four-hour drive and the conversations, or eight hours, excuse me, going back as well, yeah. those eight-hour drives, I feel like that can consist of a lot of glue of you and your dad being yeah, it's together sweet. and And on talking. Sundays
1: in Newfoundland, it's like jigs and reels music, so we're listening to like these fiddlers playing all the <laughs> way for four hours, him and I just talking about everything under the sun. So Speaking of Newfoundland music, I went to a songwriter circle of the guy from Great Big Sea. What's his name? Alan Doyle. Uh,
0: Alan Doyle what don't get me wrong he's an amazing performer but that guy is an amazing storyteller yeah like have you ever been to one of these songwriter circle things
1: yeah so alan doyle is actually next door neighbors my aunt in newfoundland get so the there's fuck been plenty of times here. we've been like having backyard fires and he'll come over and have a beer and tell stories and play a little and yeah did he ever tell you that story when russell crowe came to newfoundland no do uh, want me to tell it
0: now So he was out. He was in the movie Robin Hood, I think, with Russell Crowe. He got to like a a whatever role. So, anyways, they became friends on the set. It was they were filming in Toronto and they became such close friends because Alan was telling Russell about Newfoundland and how awesome it was. And so Russell was like, I don't believe you. I got to come. So they took the private jet from Toronto to Newfoundland. And apparently, this is one of the first times Newfoundland has ever seen a private jet. This was back in the early 2000s. So they land and. Russell's just like okay well where's security and stuff so people come up to the to the private jet and they're just like well you're with Alan Doyle right you guys are together and he's like well yeah I'm with him he goes all right well yeah we don't have to trust to uh, take your bags don't worry about it you're with Alan yeah don't worry about it and he's like, all right cool so he starts to take his bags and the custom people are like no 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 don't don't take your bags like you're staying at Alan's right and he's like yeah I'm staying at Alan's he goes yeah we'll take the bags down for you so he's just like Russell Crowe and Alan Doyle, they're just VIP in Newfoundland for the weekend, and they went down and they stayed at Alan's mom's house, and he said it was just an incredible story from visiting Newfoundland for the first yeah. time, just the like,
1: hospitality. Yeah, the people from Newfoundland are amazing people, right? And and that's something I'm so proud. Like I like I am a Newfoundlander. Like my parents are both from Newfoundland. Like I'm as Newfoundland as it gets. But like it's kind of place too that like it's hard to really find some opportunity there unless. Yeah you're willing to kind of stay and suffer through some stuff that maybe up here, it would be a better situation. Like just the way the taxes are and like your quality of life too. Like, like for example, I lived in Toronto last summer and it'd be nothing for me to be like, Hey, you want to go to a concert to like someone at work? Like there's one like going on tonight. Like if I wanted to go to a concert in Newfoundland, I'd have to like find the concert, plan the dates, buy the airline tickets. Like it was so much work to, kind of do stuff that we t- take for granted a little bit on the mainland yeah. so i haven't been back right and i and I don't plan to move back but i'm definitely very very proud of where i'm from and yeah. we're lucky at x we have two other newfoundlanders uh, we have marcus Kumo and uh, adam howell so it's nice having that bond like all of us from newfoundland at that school together it's been really really cool did you ever grow up with Stephen gillard isn't he from newfoundland uh yeah he's from newfoundland st john's he's a little older than me but uh when we played uh against smue we or when we, when he played for SMU, we had a mutual friend in Austin Hardy. So I spent yeah. lots of time with Stephen Gillard. Yeah, he's okay. a great guy. He's cop in Newfoundland now. Yeah, okay.
0: Yeah. Oh, he's a great guy.
1: Um,
0: fuck, what did I want to talk about as well? Oh, yeah. You just got back from the Middle East. Yeah. Talk about that. Your mom's over there. What it, was that trip like?
1: Yeah, it was like, it was pretty crazy. I didn't know what to expect because I was so busy leading up to when I left. I, I was in Toronto interviewing for jobs, then exams, uh, then. Like as soon, I wrote my last exam on the fifteenth, and then the sixteenth at eight a.m. I was flying to Qatar, so I was like, kind of just there, showed up, like didn't know what to expect, but it was a great experience. um Hot this time of year? No, it was like twenty-five degrees, but at night it was freezing cold, like in the desert. That's awesome. So we did some cool stuff, like we went to these camel races. That's a good story I should tell you. This yeah. so picture a camel, right, walking through the desert. Well, these guys over there they train them to run. And each camel is worth like $2.5 each. Yeah, are you serious? Yeah, like that's how much training goes into these things. And some of these guys over there own like 20 of them in the races. So each race lasts like six minutes. It's an eight-kilometer dirt track with paving on the outside and the inside. And these Qatari Nationals... They'll get in their white Land Cruisers, and when the start goes, they will drive with the camels around the 8 kilometers and, like, have a remote that, like, whips their camel to make them go faster in a walkie-talkie so you can hear them run. It's, like, a big deal. So, like, it, obviously, they're Islamic, so, like, there's no gambling or anything like that No involved. drinking. No drinking. So, they all buy into this Camel Racing Federation for X amount of dollars at the start of the year. Yeah. And the winner of each of the race, and you got to think there's, like, 100 races a day. The winner of each race gets, like, a cash prize and a car what's the car uh one of those land cruisers that they roll like around a land Rover yeah or so i got a picture on my phone straight after it's like just tons and tons of these cars like lined up it's hilarious but the day i was there some 15 year old he won two races so just keep this in mind there's 100 races right so he won two. Oh my god his he won 4.5 million in cash in two of these cars and they do this like every weekend so like how much are they paying into this camel racing federation? Because this is where the money comes from, right? Four point five million
0: American.
1: Yeah, like their dollars or what? Or not like American, like, like Saudi real, real, but like that's like like Qatari real is like a at thirty seven cents of our dollar right now. <sighs> so like it's that's money. Yeah, it's still like he's still say or over a million, but yeah, like I that was the going over there was kind of the first time I've really really experienced what true rich people are wealth. Yeah, like not rich wealth. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Like not. Like, don't know how much money you got, but it's enough kind of thing. You don't right? have to
0: look at the tag when you go to Gucci yeah. and you can just buy it.
1: Yeah, and, like, the first day, I'd be like, wow, Bentley, McLaren, like, you know what I mean? And by the last of it, I was like, I've seen so many of them. I was like, oh, I don't even care anymore. So, yeah, it's the thing about Doha, too, it's, like, only been a country for the last 50 years or so. Yeah, Like, they've only had their independence. So, they're hosting the FIFA World Cup of Soccer at some point. Okay. Like, in the next couple of years. So, like, you have all these stadiums and this beautiful downtown and these, like, palaces that these qatari nationals live in like very well built and very well constructed and the architecture is beautiful but then like the other people like the immigrants that are just working there so these qataris can have this economy yeah. like places are falling down like it's very very middle eastern so it was cool to see like both sides of it it wasn't like a dubai where everything's like really 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 nice and, <clears throat> yeah. and progressive it was still very middle eastern so i appreciated that about it like yeah. Every morning at 4 a.m., like on a loudspeaker, it would just start praying over the whole city, right? Like At 4 a.m.? At 4 a.m., and then at another time before bed, like, yeah, there's no way you could sleep through it. Like, they were waking people up to pray. Wow. Yeah, no, it was cool. So if I were to go back to the Middle East, I don't know if I'd do the whole time in Qatar because it's just such a small country that me and my mother, we kind of did everything there was to do in the 10 days there. But I would definitely like go to the Middle East, do Israel, and yeah, yeah, it's cool, cool place in the world. Somewhere I'd never thought I'd go, but uh, obviously my mom's working over there; she's a teacher, That's so cool. she she got the opportunity, and there was no way I was turning it down. I was like, yeah, I'll go.
0: My cousin recently married a guy from Jordan. Okay, and the wedding was over, over there. That's
1: over there, yeah, yeah. and it was a big regret not going. I just
0: couldn't afford to get over there at the yeah. time. But she said she loves it there. It's a common misconception. A lot of people think if you go over to that part of the world, it's dangerous. Yeah, but it's very welcoming. It's hot. Yeah. But it's different and it's a huge culture shock, and you but you do enjoy
1: yourself yeah. the whole time. Like you're I, I've over been there. telling people I felt safer there than I felt downtown Toronto this summer, really. Yeah, oh, 100%. Like, see, that miles. that's a common
0: misconception about this part of the world thinking over there is dangerous, yeah,
1: yeah, no. And like the way it works over there, too, is like, so there's 500 th- qatar is a country of like 3 million people. There's 500,000 that are like native to Qatar, the ones with like all the money. Mm. And then there's 2.5 million people from wherever else that are here working at these businesses. So like these Qataris can have like a civilization. Like it was four families that came from the desert that founded this nation, right? Like basically, and their business is uh, liquefied natural gas is what they're, they're selling. And so all the rule is like all these Qataris obviously own all these businesses, but they bring in these immigrants to work and if you come to work, the company has to pay for your living and stuff like that too. So this is like a way better deal than a lot of these people are coming from places like the Philippines and, and like exam. my mom, for example, is a perfect example of it. Like she's there, like good paying job, like houses, housing and livings paid for, like probably making just as good money as she would over here doing whatever. Right. And so the people that are here working on, these Qatari tabs basically we're working for they don't want to mess this up right so there's no crime like there's no screwing around because even like even the littlest bit of it they get you out of there really quick I'm pretty sure so
0: I never thought of that
1: yeah yeah no it was a, a cool experience for sure I'd suggest it to anyone did you go to the Dead Sea uh no we didn't do much we did like like the desert, and, but we kind of stayed off the water. There's enough of that over here. And That's then I was, like, I was like, yeah, you grew up on the ocean. You don't need to be hanging out there. You want to get in the desert and the dunes. Did you ride any camels? Uh, no, eight camel though. Eight? Whoa. Yeah, Whoa. camel burgers. Pretty good. Camel burgers. Yeah, a lot That's- better than I expected.
0: What is it compared to a meat that I would have eaten? Like, like a pork? like a- Yeah,
1: maybe. like It was honestly it wasn't that big of a difference. It was just very, very good.
0: They got McDonald's and stuff over there?
1: Yeah, it's very like americanized so like kfc mcdonald's like the whole nine yards and it's funny like you'd go to like the mall and it would be like the cheesecake factory or the melting pot or red lobster and because like you got to think like these qataris and stuff like they're probably they're on social media and all that shit too right and they're seeing whatever those kids in america have and they're like fuck i got more money and all these guys i want this too so they bring it over and but there's we did a lot of like stuff Uh, native to, like, the Middle East, too, and a lot of the food. And, like, you've traveled, right? I know you have, and, like, that's part of it, too. So it was cool to experience that. I wasn't saying no to any foods over there. That was, like, my one rule. I was, like, going to try everything. So, yeah, yeah, some stuff I didn't even know the name of.
0: (laughs) Where are some other places that you've traveled to? Even, like, maybe... That was the only spot ever. Yeah,
1: so that was, like, my first time traveling, first time going alone anywhere. Because before, it was, like, for hockey, right? It was, like, I never had a trip that wasn't for hockey. It was just that was the first one. Yeah, so it was uh, quite quite a way to kick it off it was like i remember like flying over england and we flew over manchester and there was like lights i was like oh my god there's actually people across this <laughs> big thing of water here i was like so pot- fired up and when we were flying back we flew over iraq and like no looking like yeah looking down in like the mountains and stuff there the mountain ranges like i feel like for five hours of the flight like my face was like glued to the window you know what i mean of course but i got like pictures on my phone straight after like of the iraq mat- yeah of iraq like Pretty funny. When we flew over Baghdad, the the, the the airline was on, had Wi-Fi the whole way. Yeah. So I could, like, get the snap filter. So I was, like, sending all my boys, like, me and Baghdad and, like, me and all, all these Middle Eastern countries. It was pretty funny. So.
0: My dad spent some time in Iraq and Baghdad. Okay. The, and he said, essentially, like, the base is just like a Bear's Lake. Yeah. You got McDonald's. You got KFC. You got everything. Like, yeah. It's a, it's a it's a small town. Yeah. Because you go over there and, you know, you don't really know what to expect. But as soon as you land, as soon as you get your bunk, as soon as you get set up, you're just like, all right, well.
1: I'm yeah. just here to work. I mean, like, at the end of the day, people are living everywhere, you know? Yeah. Like, and that's, they're, they are different than <sighs> us. Like, just like their culture and the way they've grown up. And, but like, at the end of the day, you know, like they're doing their thing. We're doing ours. It's, it's all working. We're so. all people. Exactly. But like, that's the thing. Like, there's times over there that, like, you just, like, the cultural differences weren't that big you know what i mean like just like the being polite to people got you a lot and they were polite to you back and kind of just those things so if you weren't an asshole people were treating you good over there you ever watched the show with anthony bourdain oh yeah parts uh, unknown Unknown? yeah i
0: I thought that that was a great show of showing that people around the world
1: are we're all the same yeah i watched that this summer too like obviously like after he passed uh that's kind of when i got into it yeah but uh yeah it was cool like just definitely seen. it's when you see something like that eh, it's sad you're like man this guy had all these experiences like and s- still like what happened like him taking his own life it just goes to show you you know what i mean like you can be rich and
0: famous and still be yeah depressed. or like
1: rich and famous but like rich in experiences and you know yeah. what i mean so yeah it was uh it's a great show though eh? To for me that's kind of what got me pumped up about going over there definitely i was like, I was, like fucking right so yeah and yep. I like how we did it,
0: like not going to fancy restaurants. He went into like,
1: yeah. And that's like when I was over there, like we'd be in the market. I'd be eating like street meat and stuff like yeah, that, you know? That's I'd, where you want to be. Yeah, it was sweet. It was cool. So, I, like I said, I didn't say no to anything. Yeah. And I'll be traveling again after, for Definitely. sure. You kind of get that bug, eh? Yeah. Where have you traveled? You've been away, eh? Been in Barcelona. Ran with the Bulls in Spain. Yeah. Almost died.
0: That's not, crazy. not really, but you think you're going <laughs> to die. Uh, I've been, yeah, I've been around Europe, Paris, Greece, not Greece, Croatia um amsterdam yeah smoked you're, my you're? first joint in amsterdam really got real weird yeah i bet um where else i've been around pittsburgh yeah like pittsburgh saw sid play that's at the melon cool. that would be cool that rink was so old when you walked around like your floor your feet stuck to the cement that's how old it was it was all the spilt pop oh man that's how old that Playing place in was
1: Q, i played in some shitty barns man like
0: is it true that in some rinks up in quebec they don't stand for o canada Some some people.
1: Yeah, probably. That wouldn't surprise me. Like, Shakutami was always a shithole. Hated them. (laughs) Hated there. Hated all those people there. Uh, They'd like throw beers on you and stuff like that or spit on you. Bakemo, we had a good rivalry with Bakemo. That picture you got, it's funny. Uh, Great picture, Bob. Yeah, it was like after a bench clearing brawl. And like, it looks like I did pretty well in the picture. Like, I was having a good time. I got beat up in the the brawl pretty bad. But like, Bakemo had great rivalries with them. Uh, Shakutami uh valdor was a hard place to play like they had a team when we played up there they had like manta and these henley brothers who were like maniacs and this jeremy fraser guy who was a loon and like just so many like just shitheads and i'm trying to think of other places too like it was always obviously awesome when you came out to the Maritimes. Like we would only have that trip once a year, but yeah. I get to see family and friends and always played good. Cause I was like feeling happy and had people in the stands. But in Quebec, there's definitely some places that you're like, Holy crap. I can't believe I need to go back up here again. That's like, tough. Like Val d'Or, like too, Liam O'Brien and Penny played in Rouen. Yeah. So like whenever I'd go there, it was sweet. Cause I'd see like two of my best buddies. You guys ever go out for dinner? Uh, no, but it's too bad because like, I think we went to, there's a nightclub in the hotel that we visited a couple times when we probably shouldn't have been. But besides <laughs> that, no, not much. It's just like when you were that young, like, and especially in the queue, like, you didn't have any money. So it's not like you could, like, go out and grab a nice, like, bottle of wine or, like, good dinner like it is now with those guys, right? Yeah. So do you think it
0: is like that now?
1: Like, oh, you think oh guys no, would- no. I'm just saying, like, for me and my friends like oh, okay, now it's okay. like when we're in the same cities together doing whatever like we're going out for dinner like we'll go to Bicycle Thief and get a couple bottles of wine yeah. dinner and stuff you know like we weren't doing that off 120 bucks right yeah. back yeah. back then so i don't know how we're doing it now either but somehow we're making it work i'd like to know how much these guys are getting <laughs> paid now yeah Cause there's like a bunch of lawsuits and shit going down in the
0: queue or the CHL. Players not getting paid. Yeah. So I wonder if some of them are getting more money now.
1: Yeah, I'm sure like the top end guys are still yeah. getting paid, but there's definitely no way a guy like me would be getting <laughs> uh, getting some walking around though. Walking around though. Yeah. So what?
0: Well, in the NHL, they're getting they get like 400 bucks on a road trip or something like that, or like 300. I don't know, spitting chiclets information.
1: Yeah. They talk about it. Oh, yeah. They're always talking about their per diem. And, uh, their per diem. That's yeah. the word I'm looking yeah. for, per <laughs> yeah. diem. Yeah. 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 No, it's uh, it's definitely, those guys definitely deserve it, though, I would say. Like, they're putting themselves through a lot. And like you said, like, at the end of the day, like it or not, hockey's making a lot of people rich, and the players definitely do deserve their cuts. But uh, in saying that, there's no way you could pay me a million bucks playing the NHL next year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's, I'm just done. You're done, eh? <laughs> yeah, like I think everyone kind of like just comes to that point with it too. And maybe it's easier for me to come to that point because I don't think I could play pro next year, even if I tried. But like for me, like I'm trying to get into the banking, right? The yeah. uh, investment banking is kind of what I'm going for. And that's cool. a f- another bag. Of frig- that's another world I still haven't even got close to figuring out right yeah but for me it's just like okay like you did the hockey thing you have all these great memories like why try to go spoil like all the good memories when you could like go out on the terms here because like like playing for our team down at x like we've never been the most i've felt the reason why we've had the success down there is we've never been the most skilled team like not even close but we've all we've never been the team that's yelling at each other about mistakes or anything like that. Like it's amazing down there. Like it's the first team I played on. There's no clicks. Uh, We, I was talking about it with a teammate driving him home today that it's like you could, you don't, he said the way he said it, put it pretty good is like when we get off the bus and go into dinner, he doesn't care who he sits next to. That's a rare thing. Yeah. Very rare. Most teams do care. Exactly. And another thing too, just about the Xing like, you'll hear a lot of guys say like, oh, like we have a group that'll play for each other, like a coach that we'll play for. But like, I feel like our team especially is so integrated in like the community down there. Like not the community of Anganish, but the community of St. of Like we have guys that run societies and guys that volunteer for a numerous different issues from all across the board, from like volunteering with kids to volunteering with like, uh, Syrian refugees and just like very, very involved that we have a school that everyone's willing to play for too. And, uh, and like when we're lucky that it's not like playing at the forum where there's friggin' 80 parents in the stands. Mm-hmm. Like we, when we go play at down at X, like there's a good crowd of students, like every, every day before a game in class, someone will come up and be like, Hey man, do you have your tickets for tonight? Like you think I can get your tickets? That's like, a great feeling. Yeah. You know, like you're, you're playing for people that you know and you see and, you definitely care how you play and how you carry yourself on the ice because not only do you not want to let your your students down, but you don't want to let your your athletic our athletic director down, Leo McPherson, who knows everyone by name, or our president who comes down, and knows everyone by name, and gets us out to his house for dinner before the start of the season. So we have a lot of people down there that have given us so much support that you owe it to them to show up every night and make sure you're putting your best foot forward out there.
0: Well, it seems like you, I know you say you're done with it, but it seems like the things that you're preaching to me now, it seems like this is what's making you hold on to.
1: Yeah. Well, like I always tell people, like I hate playing hockey. Like I hate playing the games. I hate practicing, but I love being on a team Yeah, and we just have an amazing team. So, uh, like, I, it's the kind of group that I know wherever I go next, I probably won't... If I go somewhere next, I won't find that same group again. Yeah. So uh, I'm definitely trying to soak it up uh, down there every every chance I get. You know, like, this year especially... like when I see my teammates, like, I won't say hi. I'll, like, give them a hug, tell them I love them, you know? And yeah. it's kind of, like, caught on, like, within our group, and it's been really fun, so.
0: And that's what you're going to miss most about when you're done with hockey because you can't go yeah. into investment banking and hug your workmate, work, work colleagues and yeah, be like, I hey, know. buddy, I love you. Yeah, I guess you exactly. can, but you yeah. can't. If you're having good days, you yeah. can do it,
1: but you probably don't want to be doing that. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll
0: connect you with Alex Aferis. He's yeah, a, yeah, he's
1: with Commercial Banking here at CIBC. Yeah. yeah, he just got promoted today, I seen on LinkedIn. Did he? So, uh, Alex, come on, let's go here. Did he get promoted? <laughs> yeah, he's manager now oh my god i gotta give him a call there. i didn't know that yeah
0: shout out to al congrats buddy
1: yeah are you
0: hiring are you hiring
1: <laughs> um
0: oh well, man that's awesome yeah that's man.
1: sick so what are you what are you trying to uh do with uh this thing here what's your goal
0: yeah, i'm just trying to be consistent that's all i'm trying to be yeah I'm trying to be more consistent with the podcast more consistent with the street interviews content what are the biggest challenges you've found with it probably like i said just being consistent because in order to yeah. make a company run you need people mm-hmm. but in order to make people run you need financing yeah so advertising is a huge issue with us right now um so whenever i'm not doing a podcast or whenever we're not producing content uh, with a video camera i'll just like type out sales emails i'll try to connect as much as i can with people in order to send us cash and then we'll promote them uh, through our platform cool and you've been finding success with that mostly we have been it's been good with everyone needs everyone needs advertising if you're selling pools if you're selling cement if you're yeah. selling it doesn't matter yeah and people that are listening to this
1: podcast you don't have to be a sports fan you just yeah. it's mostly
0: males between the ages of 18 35 a bit
1: 40 yeah. so i'm like really- i told like that's the thing i like about this podcast too like i told a friend i was like yeah i'm going on this podcast she was like oh like is it about hockey i was like "Ah, uh, kind of not really like it's yeah. kind of just about your life yeah like, if you're a pre- predominant figure in Halifax, you're getting the invite, right? Essentially. So that's, well, because if you think
0: about it, if you just talk about hockey, it's going to run dry. Yeah. You know, I, we I, we just don't have the resources to talk to about hockey for the whole hour, two hours, yeah. whatever it is. So, I don't know. I'd say that's it. But yeah. when I approach companies, I'm not just approaching, you know, CCM, Bauer, Warrior, and just hockey. Yeah, i no. Hockey. I'm, Come contacting yeah, everybody. Like some
1: of my favorite episodes of this, like I said, like when I was in Toronto working, I'd just be sitting at my desk doing Excel stuff all night. So yeah. I'd be like, listen to this. And the ones I enjoyed were one of them was with that guy that runs the Halifax Noise. What's his name? Kesh. Or- oh, Kirsch. Kirsch, yeah. Halifax. Yeah, like, yeah, it was kind of cool to like listen to his side of the story. And he has some cool views on things as well. Definitely. And, uh, you had one kid in the music guy and one day, a uh, young guy from out in Bedford
0: oh uh, echo yeah. Or, or, yeah, yeah 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 so Elko.
1: Like, yeah like just like cool like just people yeah. that you wouldn't really hear their stories yeah. especially in the circles kind of that we run into definitely kind of that little hockey community we have here in halifax those are kind of people you wouldn't get the chance to know so
0: well that's a huge part of it growing up from the ages of whatever five to twenty you're playing hockey yeah and you don't really yeah like i said you don't have conversations like the ones that i'm having now so yeah this is almost like a form of education for me just even when i was in high school i didn't really talk to many people that didn't play sports like, especially in the art community and the business community, comedy community. So every time someone comes on, not that I'm not interested talking to yeah. you, trust me. I love talking to guys that play hockey and what they do outside mm-hmm. of hockey. But people that just aren't from my world,
1: yeah, love it. Well, like, like I mentioned earlier, like, my second year down at X, I, like, kind of reflected on some things. And I was like, okay, like, you're growing as a kind of a hockey player, going down this path you're on now. Like, is this really kind of the person you want to be in five years. And I made a decision that, like, that wasn't the, who I wanted to be in five years. So I reached out to try to find as many friends as I could outside of hockey. And like you said, people in, like, the art community or people that were musical and, like, things like that. And just, like, kind of tried to surround myself with stuff that really put me outside of my comfort zone and stuff that I wasn't very comfortable with being around or or talking about or experience and, like, picked up so many things that I've kind of like moved on from being this hockey player and to kind of just the person I am today, which is like made me a lot happier and a lot, a lot more of a well-rounded person than just that that kid that was just hockey teammates, home doing homework. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: And some people, well, I'd say most hockey players have trouble with that transition. Some yeah. don't. Some some know what they want to do and they're able to make that transition when hockey's over and go into the real world. But yeah, there's a lot of guys that yeah for that's sure a struggle
1: yeah no and like i'm lucky like i have like some of my best friends down at x are people that like i've met like just through class or through other community events too like i got some really good advice at the start of the year from uh ryan penny's father ian penny
0: that's who okay yeah yeah, yeah, he works
1: yeah, yeah. cibc up in up in toronto he had us out for dinner and, but he was in halifax yeah before, before right? yeah, yeah yeah so he told me he was like hey like and I expressed like my idea of wanting to grow as a person and think that it was something I need to do. And he said that for me, the best thing to do is try to find five people that you think you can't keep up with and then surround yourself with them. So like, that's kind of what I've been trying to do, uh, do this year, especially and moving forward too. like, it's kind of hard to, be like, hear that and be like, all right, five people, you know, like pick them out. So it's like something you have to develop over time, Yeah. but it's been a really good experience. And I found like, for me, it's been working very well too.
0: That's wicked, man. Yeah.
1: Like for example, like, this is kind of something I want to talk about coming on here too, because this guy deserves a ton of credit. Um, last summer, do you know who Roman Burgess is? Halifax guy, SMU grad, played a year soccer at SMU, uh, or works uh, for PSP investments now, private equity associate. Anyway, So this, this guy kind of, he found that the kids from schools in Atlanta, Canada don't have the same opportunities in capital markets as the kids from Queens, Western, McGill. And it wasn't because the kids weren't as smart. It was because like, it's far for recruitment to go out and see them. And it's just, they weren't as finely, as fine tuned as these kids applying for jobs already. So he started this initiative called bridge to capital markets where he took, uh, you applied through your school, so every school had X number of applicants and he went through and picked the top fifteen applicants out of all the Atlanta Canadian universities. Okay. And so I applied and luckily enough I was picked as one of the fifteen that he, he took for the summer. And so it's now turned into this career counseling service more than this little society I applied to. So For example, he got me up to speed on things that I need to know that all these kids applying for these jobs already knew. So how to value companies and different jargon in the industry and just really like how to integrate like the financial world into your life that it's like when you wake up every morning, you're reading the newspaper and just stuff like that. And uh, it's been good. Like, so whenever I have an interview, he'll prep me and he's been really like really, really helpful. And for me, it's kind of funny to think that I'm like, man, I'm texting this guy a lot. Like, he's answering right away, and I know he's busy because he's working, but he's also doing this for, like, 15 other people too. So, like, that's kind of what's got me moved on from the hockey focusing on my career but was because, like, I've had someone, like, to mentor me – and kind of really, really helped me out. So it's been great. So uh, yeah. for Roman Burgess, he'd be a good guy to ever get on this if he's uh, if he's home. Is he? Where does he live now? Uh, Montreal is where okay. he's based out of. But uh, he's home every now and then. But this would he would be interesting to talk to. He's very, very smart and very, very, uh, very, very good guy. Well,
0: next time you know he's home, let me know. Yeah, I'll, I'll sure. message him, get him on. Yeah, for sure. I'll That'd be that. great.
1: Yeah, no, he would be an interesting guest for sure.
0: It is fun surrounding yourself with people that have a greater amount of knowledge than you yeah and you just steal from them not steal but yeah you guys, you steal and then you oh, just yeah. apply it to what you do on a day-to-day yeah. basis
1: oh man it's 100 no- and it's like it might sound bad but like there's been times that i've surrounded myself with someone intentionally knowing that like okay like this person can help me out and can do things for me and like i can learn from this person as opposed to Like, you know, there's been times, too, where I've had to, like, my good buddies, some of them I've had to, like, distance myself from just because I know where I want to go. They're kind of holding me, not holding me back, but they're not, like, the best influence on me. Mm. So, like, that's something that you got to look at yourself and decide, too, right? So, I think with kind of going to X and getting that community and... The way it's been down there, and kind of just just maturing a little bit too. Yeah, it's got me ready to move on from like the the hockey and just kind of get into what's coming next. What's one lesson your dad taught you that you took to heart? Man, no regrets. No regrets. Yeah, my, like, and that's what I said. Like, my dad, we've literally sat down and like after dinner, we can open up a bottle of wine or two, and like he'll like be like, okay, I regret it doing this, like or like anything. I have to ask him, like, I can be like, hey, like, can you tell me how this went? What do you regret about it? And like, what would you change? And like he sat down and just, like, really explained it. But, like, growing up, like, he was always so hard on me. Just, like, he's like, man, whatever you do, like, just don't have any regrets. Like, I never quit a team in my life just because he's always said, like, you don't know, you you might regret it, but, like, do whatever you want. But, like, that's something, like, I've never quit anything because of that. And just, like, that's the best thing to do. Like, just have no regrets and – He's been harping that to me since I was a kid, so it's worked out well. I was going
0: to say, yeah, it's working out pretty well. Seems like you got a good head on your shoulders.
1: Yeah, well, like, from the outside looking in, (laughs) a lot of people – it's kind of funny, like, a lot of people just, like, think what they – that know or sometimes see with me and billy hartley and austin Hartley downtown rolling around or, and Sonya too but like you gotta let off some steam yeah exactly you can't be like friggin million dollar horse in the stable you gotta let them run and fuck a little bit too right halifax so is like, such a small
0: city and things like that word gets around quickly yeah and like you know? you,
1: at the end of the day man like if people if everyone likes you you're not doing the right things you know what i mean so very very and well it's said. too like a little bit before like i said was like i was kind of like the hockey guy and was kind of big leagueing guys and thinking i was a little cooler than i was but like since going down to school and just growing up a little bit like that kind of stuff works itself out and it's just a part of growing up and maturing and i definitely feel like over the past couple of years like that's happened a lot to me like i got lucky like i dated a girl that was serious about school and good chick and she kind of got me going right on that path and She's gone now, and Billy Hartley's trying to haul me off of it. (laughs) (laughs) But, but no, I'm just trying to stick on uh, straight and narrow, and, fuck, man, hopefully it'll be okay. It'll be all right. Yeah, I mean – not worried about it at the end of the day i went to x you know university degree and you know if you can get a job here in halifax in a heartbeat as an X grad so you're
0: still young man i'm still young like if you're under the age of 30 and still trying to figure it out that's fine it's like such a marathon oh yeah and that's another thing too
1: that my dad and i talk about all the time that like it's not supposed to be easy you know what i mean and well it wouldn't be fun if it was easy yeah and like my teammate and i talked about this on the way in today just like you know life like sometimes like they're those bad things happen to you like uh, a family member gets sick or a big event happens in your life where it's really really you have to face adversity and own the situation but it really makes you step back and improve as a person and like that's what the biggest things now is just when those things happen to me instead of like burying my head in the sand like i'll step back and kind of just be like okay you need to grow from this and Mm. it's been working out well so cool man yeah well we're coming up on an hour here unless you got a good story for me
0: Oh, man. I'm trying to... You got one. You got to,
1: like... I have so many stories. You got to, like, narrow it down.
0: Okay, let's go. I like bus stories, like road trip bus stories. I like... uh, I like away game stories, like fan interaction. Like you said, you got a beer chucked on you.
1: That could be a story. I guess, like, good bus stories, man. We were in... uh... I already know it's going to be Yeah, (laughs) so when we were in Blaineville, uh, we had these... I don't know where they kept finding these bus drivers, but they were like just coming from like Colombia or something like that. And our bus was like a transport truck with these sleeper beds on it. It was like yeah, a sleeper yeah, bus. Yeah. So it have, it would have to be like uh, registered as a transport truck. It was a gong show. But anyway, we're in Baicamo and uh, it was after that bench brawl and there was like a bunch of us suspended. So a bunch of us stayed at the hotel while the boys warmed up and stuff like that. And so the bus driver just came back to get us. And I can't remember who it was convinced him to let me get in the driver's seat of this transport truck, and we're downtown Bay Camo, and I'm, like, driving it down the main street, and I'm, like, just missing cars, and, like, oh, it was just a big gong <laughs> show. But, yeah, the, the man, the bus was the best, you know? Like, especially in Sherbrooke, we had such a good group. Like, that's one thing that I tell a lot of people. They ask me. Like what was the difference between Blaineville and Sherbrooke? And, like, Blaineville, if you want to be a pro hockey player, best place to play. Why? Like six ice surfaces under one roof. You can get on the ice whenever you want. Amazing gym, strength conditioning guys. Like, just it's an NHL atmosphere. So they produce very, very good players. Sherbrooke, if you want to have fun, that's the spot to go. And, like, for me, that was what I needed when I was 20 to like have fun playing hockey again, because I was like, okay, I know I'm going to school, so I'm not going to play pro. So like, why do I need to be working out like crazy? Like I want to like drink beers with my buddies and like stay out late. And so in Sherbrooke, like when they traded for me, like they had heard that like, I like, like to have fun and, and doing my thing. But, um, they kind of talked to me. They said, Hey, like we're putting you in Lennoxville. like you and your roommate are the only guys that are there. Like have fun, stay out of trouble don't pull any of the kids into it like the 16 year olds and shit and so like they gave me like a long leash like i was able to do whatever i wanted and they were happy like i just showed up the next day and played and was a good leader and it's kind of funny like the year that i was there was the best they've ever finished in the regular season it was like we were like going out and having fun we had a good group like me trevor stacy cam darcy uh carl neal like all guys that are good players and We had fun, played hard, and, yeah, it was a good time. I remember we were in, uh, we played PEI, and they thought it was, like, in playoffs, and so the way it worked was we played the first two games at home, then went down there for three, so we were, like, down there for a week, and instead of, like, team meals, they gave us per diem for some reason, so instead of, like, eating, we were all going to the bars and stuff, like, middle of playoffs, and, like, (laughs) it was, like, a group of us that were into it all the time, and, like, oh, it was just such a good experience, and, like, from Blaineville, I don't really have any teammates that I'm close with anymore. I have one that I just seen when I was in Montreal a couple of weeks ago, uh, Nathaniel Halbert. But um, in Sherbrooke, I have, like, eight or nine guys that I talk to, like, once a week regularly. And awesome. I only played there one year, right? So, so yeah, yeah, no, it was uh, it was great. And, man, some of the people I met through hockey, too, are just, like, it's just crazy, mind-blowing. Yeah. Yeah, like... Uh, Stefan Matteau scored that huge goal for the Rangers in 94 to send them to the cup final like he was my assistant coach 17-18 and his son Stefan played on our team as well so him and I became good friends so I'd be like up at their cottage you know this guy's played like 13 years in the NHL I'm like flying around on his sea dudes he's cooking me steaks like pretty good for like a kid Not from bad. Gander Newfoundland you know what Not I mean bad. yeah Not <laughs> bad. that's sick yeah yeah no it was good man and, like coming home in the summer too like Obviously, you know, like, my group of friends, like, yeah. best guys in the world, like, love to have fun and work hard sometimes, <laughs> and, like, but, like, you look at a guy like Brennan Sonya, you know, like, dude, that, when we talk about, like, how much love you have to have for hockey to play pro, like, that's who I measure myself against, like, that guy loves hockey more than anyone else on the planet and, like, believes that he can still make it, and, like, I know that there's no way I could go play hockey and compete with a guy like that just because I don't have that in it anymore. And, like, for – like, I always tell him, man, I'm like, dude, like, you got your degree in your pocket, and, like, obviously he's driven, so, like, you got to kind of chase that. And that's what he's doing over there in Sweden now, so. Sick. Yeah. It's good, man. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for coming on. I Amen. appreciate it. I loved it. it. Uh, hopefully, you'll get me on next time, and I'll tell uh, some more Billy Hartley stories. We'll get yeah. into the nitty gritty. We'll get time. you and Billy on here. You yeah, guys can. Exactly. I'll just Actually, shut up. He was like, he was talking about him and I going on this together. And when he see me coming on, he texted me. He's like, all oh, pissed off. He's like, oh, no invite for the podcast dave but. <laughs> I'm staying at his house tonight, so you can't be that mad. Billy, I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> so
0: next time Aaron comes on, you two will come on. I'll just sit here and watch you two go back and forth if you're listening, buddy. All right. Once again, thank you for coming on, man. man. I appreciate for it. having me. I really enjoyed it. Everyone listening, go to all of our social media outlets. Like, subscribe, comment, Facebook, iTunes, Instagram, YouTube, SoundCloud. I think I said everything. Once again, thank you very much. I love you guys. We're out. Peace. That was sweet, man.
2: Like they might take it to an Ivy League school Won't get Hall of Fame dick from a minor dude i see pussy, other people need food Only got a little time and I ain't trying to spend it All you in the back who ain't giving who attention Tarting up the engine, need to reboot i see pussy, other people need food And I use every bone in my body Keep on holding on to your trust I know you don't want nothing to do Call late, drunk, you hang up. What a mess I made of Since Sense I make none. It's complicated keeping me. Up.